Okay. I don't, I know we, I, I'm not going to spiral. I promise you guys I'm not going to spiral. Okay. I may spiral a little bit. Before, we'll keep the spiraling spiral? to a minimum. Yes. So it's, it's uh, Lisa, Angie, Ian, Andre. We're here. Talk about Mr. Robot. Second episode of the final season. Payment required. Before we go into the, the theory of the other one. What's anybody reading into this title? Does anybody got any theories about this title? Payment required? Because the first one was unauthorized. I saw someone on Twitter say something like the episode titles are like error messages that come up for like a hacker thing. But I, I can't remember the specifics. Yeah, that sounds about right. Also, and then in the Sam S. Mouth style, it has a double meaning. Like payment required in this case might be like finally Darlene be paying that shit on that murder. Uh, so, cause you know, trying to pay up, pay the fiddler, a lot of stuff come and do. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of shit has to be like some shit is owed. People paying off some debts left and right, like price and Darlene, but we'll get all them to them in a minute. So we're left at the end of this episode. My mouth is hanging open. I don't know what y'all's reaction was, but I was like, the fuck? Uh, I was screaming at the TV like, uh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Right. What's happening? What did you do, yeah. Angie? Did you just go? I stood up as if I was going to punch someone. <laughs> and then I sat my ass back down and immediately just started replaying everything as much as I could right away. Same. Oh. Mm-hmm. What are the facts that we have in front of us? Right. Because you know she likes a deep dive. Mm-hmm. So I go into my deep dive. What are the facts? What are what are we guessing on? What yeah. do we eliminate? Yeah. I think of Angie as Dom. She's like my own personal Dom. If I need <laughs> to find a bitch or something about a bitch, I call Angie and go, what do you think that heifer was on Tuesday at 3? And she goes, girl, clickety, clack, clack, clack. And like before I can get to, like, to the next sentence, she done found that hoe and where she was at. So, That's accurate. Yeah, yep. she is on her facts like that. <laughs> What was your reaction, Ian? Were you looking for that to happen? Did you see that happening? No, I didn't. I didn't see any of that happening. Um, but I, I did. I did see his uh, Sam's post, his tweet earlier in the day. You know, saying that you're gonna have more questions, and I'm like, great. This is not what we needed mm, to I, have, Sam. More questions. I thought we were supposed to be explaining everything. So now he's done. Okay, so what happened? Again, I hope you guys read the spoiler tag. If you haven't seen Mr. Robot. The second episode of the final season. Stop. Don't don't hit yourself in the head. Okay? Are you gone? Come back later when you've watched it. All right. Now, so what we know is that it ends with Magda and little Elliot, which I don't know if we're we'll get into like, are they personalities? They're they're living in Elliot's head. Have we seen them before? And Elliot's acting out like his mama. I, there's some Freudian shit going on here. Anyway, but the, the, we end up with her saying to little Elliot, you know, get out of that chair. There's four chairs at the table. And we get into the fact that they're waiting for the other one. It's not Mr. Robot. It's not Elliot because of out of a conversation they have where Vera rolls up on um, Darlene. They're both like screaming at each other like, were you the one who talked to her about, you know, Vera? What me, what me? Well, who was it? And that scene's cut short. And then we go to Magda walking in and you're like, we're in the same room where Tyrell's conference room is over at Evil Corp. And I'm like, what the fuck did he fuck? So the other one, who do we think the other one is? Right. 
Well, my immediate guess was that we are the other one. The friend persona, like, we are the other one. And then I was like, okay, but is that too simple? See, I feel like, because, like, Ian, you keep saying, like, it's time for, like, all the answers to, or all the questions to be answered. I feel like there's just going to be more and more questions up until the finale, and we will get very little answers. And it will be answered in the, like, the extras. Starting with this. And I don't think this is going to be answered in the next episode either. No. Definitely not, I don't feel like. I yeah. don't know. I've heard a lot of things. I've heard Tyrell because it was in that conference room. I heard Angie. I heard Vera. It doesn't make sense for me. And I feel like the answer is pretty clear. But it's like, I don't know. If it was going to be another person, it would have been our Angie. I would I would not be surprised to see our Angie show up on the TV show and going, bitch, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so just looking at the juxtaposition of that scene where Magda is standing there and then in season one, we have Elliot standing there and then front facing mm-hmm. Tyrell. And now it's little Elliot. So I thought, oh, it's Magda. It has to be Magda. But then you go back and we keep hearing it's a him. It's a him male. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that kind of eliminates my concept of Magda. Or a female persona, right? Oh, I mean, it could right. be a female. I mean, there could be the twist right. there. But so so I immediately, I wrote a bunch of Reddit stuff, and there was some really cool stuff on there. I mean, somebody brought up immediately outside of Krista's office, and I noticed when it first happened, those two paintings of the barn. Uh, and mm-hmm. you see the one, the lone figure on the left painting uh, next to the railing of the, the, you know, the barn, looking at three figures walking into the barn. And I'm like, okay. And then we had the barn scene in season three. Okay. And then the second painting is three figures dancing around harmoniously, playing whatever, or ready to murder each other. I don't know. So we, this was always baked into the storyline, right? These three personas, the Holy Trinity, whatever you want to call it. So it's been there since day one. And then we go, then I immediately went to Damon's today, that season one, episode uh, four, and watch that dream sequence. I think I've watched it, I don't know, 2,000 times. And now I'm going, okay, the monster, the key, the monster, and the key. It's just beat, you're beat over the head with what's your monster, not who. Little Darlene says, what's your monster? Have you figured it out yet? Angela's in the wedding dress and the little wedding scene. She goes, you're not Elliot, you're, and then that cuts out. So I think we're looking at this persona that I'm going to call monster for the purposes of trying to keep everybody straight. Because we have Elliebot, which is the merged robot in Elliot, or Relibot, or whatever you want to call that. Mm. So you have those two guys who are, like, harmonious enough. And then you've got monster, right? So here's my theory. I think that monster was created when young Elliot saw that his dad, he's going to lose his father. And then he wasn't going to put up a fight. And in a young child's mind, losing someone that you look up to and that you love, this is traumatic enough. DID is already baked into the DNA as well. I think you're born with it or it develops. I'm not completely sure about DID. But I think he creates a monster to deal. And he's not fully formed. But I think we've seen him on the show. I think we've seen monster in the movie theater when... Robot collapses in front of him, and he coldly goes in to watch the film anyway. I think Monster tore up the server room when he was locked into it over that weekend and had to go see Krista for anger management. I think we've seen Monster grab Darlene in his room when he asked her to stay with him. You know, I don't want to be alone tonight. I think that's Monster. 
You know, do you think Elliot has made this third persona as a manifestation of like the cancer that killed his dad? Could be. Could be. It's a manifestation for a reason. Rage, grief, a ball of it. And we thought that Robot was the main one. We see this, we see Robot come to life, and he is just all kinds of 1950s swagger up in mm-hmm. Krista's face. That's Robot. So when we see Monster, I think we see Elliot, right? We don't see Mr. Robot, because Robot's the protector. He's the persona that's emerged. Magda says, you're here to protect us. Yo, but you, yeah, you also said last week that, that, Elliot's father is or was that that kind man and the the meaner quote unquote Mr. Robot could that be the third persona maybe they both manifest the monster at different times so maybe when we're looking at robot I mean that's a that's also I don't know if it's you know this Sam Ismail I don't think he's doing anything cleanly at all so so in season season one where where he first meets uh F society he walks into the uh the arcade and Mr. Robot's telling him we're going to blow up the Steel Mountain. That could have been Monster. You think that was Monster? Do you think Robot was was working with Monster, and then they were, you know, Elliot was somewhere under? Yeah, because yeah. I think what what has happened is that Elliot, for a long time, has conflated the two. He's conflated Mr. Robot as his father and this third third persona as the monster. And once they once Mr. Robot and Elliot have become merged in a sense, this third persona is now starting to act out, I guess, in a way. And I think, like, Elliot's mother dying in this episode was no coincidence either because it's the second death in his life that he refuses to deal with. So it's something that's driving him to make that decision. And the same thing you were saying about how how his father collapses and and he goes into the theater anyway. Like, what drives... Is it that third persona or is it something intrinsically Elliot? Well, and also let's talk about the creation of what I think happened with Monster. So every time we see, not every time, but in several cases when we see a monster possibly emerge, Magda's there beating up little Elliot. It's a trigger for him. So that, When he rips into Bill at Still yeah. Mountain, he sees Magda beaten up on little Elliot by the elevator. And then he tears into Bill. And then in the dream sequence, she's forcing. And then this whole episode started with every flashback of Magda, like, you're worthless. You're nothing. So Sam is going, this was the seeds. This is the seed of the baby that became monster. Now, on the day of Kevin McAllister, because we see the damn snowman and on the Bowery stop, did this, was this a day where monster kind of came out, like jumped out, and was going fucking insane, and Darlene hid from Monster, and Mr. Robot showed up and threw Monster out the window to stop him from hurting Darlene. This is getting all kinds of fucked up. Well, I'm tracking with your logic there. But the only thing is, is that both Robot and... Elliot are completely unaware of a third personality. I don't know that they are because we don't see the end of the conversation at the at the funeral home. They just kind of look at each other and go, oh shit, does that dude have more power? Is Robot about to tell him? Like Angela and Robot are about to tell Elliot, yo bro. But with the but There's another dude in here. The way they were talking, it was just like, 
he didn't tell me, and he didn't tell me. If he didn't tell me, who did he tell? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's, a perfect theory. I'm just saying, and Andre brings a, a, up a good point, is that when these two finally start getting on, when we have Elabot, you know, merging. It makes room for. Yeah, the, this guy's left out in the cold, and he's running around. Call, I think he called up Vera. I think Monster's out there going, yo, 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 Vera. I need you, bitch, because he needs an expendable force to go after Dark Army slash White Rose. Well, okay, and then here's here's my crazy theory that I'm I've concocted this whole day just thinking about it. No theory is okay. too crazy on this show. So in the last scene of the episode before, we see Elliot sees a manifestation of little Elliot and Magda. And presumably this episode takes place a day or two after that. And Magda Magda is dead. So is it too crazy to say that this third persona, noticing that he hasn't isn't getting attention with Elliot or Mr. Robot, has found a way to get their attention, i.e. killing Magda, and that's why he sees Magda for the first time in that manifestation because the third persona knows she's already dead. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, her her death is so convenient. It's just right here in front of us. It's plopped down in front of us. I would. I don't think that's a crazy theory at all. <laughs> I thought the same thing, just wondering. It just, here it was. And so many questions in circle. Is it attached to any other storyline that's here? Or is it just... A moment of what really happened to her. Yeah. How did she die? You know what? It, so many questions, and I'm I'm following you with that on that, Andre. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a that's a. It, it passed through my brain, but then I was like, but then again, the Mister Robot persona murdered three thousand people. We're we're, for, we're totally forgetting this every time we see him. Yeah. Like he helped pull off. The 72 building hack and, and killed all these people. He's fine. That part of, you know, Elliot's brain is like, and he's, you know, yeah, El- Angela, it's a horrible thing. Yeah, mom, that's yeah, a horrible thing. Mr. Robot murdered 3,000 people, horrible thing. White Rose, though, gonna get that bitch, gonna get her. And I'm like, you're on a suicide mission. Yeah. At least Price knows is fully coherent and ready to trade his life to make up for a mistake that he made with his daughter. He's sacrificing himself, right? Playing the only mm-hmm. hand and the one last hand, right? But I, there's, we have no idea because Elliot has stopped talking to us. Now it's robot talking to us. So I don't know, y'all. I mean, I think that's highly possible that Monster finally got his revenge on Magda because she birthed him twice. She gave birth to Elliot and then she created this monster. And that's the key, right? We keep seeing the image of the key, the key, the key. So this persona sitting at the table and having what? The wherewithal? Is it force or is it the, con- is it the other? Is it love? What is the weapon that Monster brings to the table that the other personas don't have? Is what my question is. Didn't want to linger too much on it, but I know it's a big question of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Monster was running around loose for three days, unaccounted for. True. 
So when Elliot comes to in Terrell's car in the lot, he Terrell's not there. What the fuck happened? Now we know. This so, this personality. Monster's the one who pulls the gun on Tyrell. I think so. Initiates the the five nine there at F Society. And then is still there when Irving comes in and tells him, Okay, this is the plan. Yeah. It's Irving. We've solved it. It's Irving. He's third it's person. Yeah. Meaty <laughs> hands. Um <laughs> I feel like also for you Tyrellian shippers possibly Tyrell was really drawn to Monster. He's a sick puppy a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. he's, he's, he's got violent yeah. tendencies. So I can see Monster being manipulative and using people. Well, Farrah too then. Magda style. Yeah. I'll saddle up next Why to this would... rapist who killed my girlfriend. Why? Yeah. Come on, Ty- you know, Tyrell, I'll go to your house with you. But then, so Come then, on, so the, uh, la- uh. The, <laughs> the final <laughs> question remains is, why was the last scene in that conference room? I don't know. It just I mean, it was and was the first room? one real? Was the first one at the at the end of the pilot? That scene is at the end of the pilot where Elliot goes in and there's Terrell around surrounded by all the his uh, the, the lawyers. The lawyers. Yeah. And I'm like, was that real? The and fuck? then and then it, well, the way it opens up where he's talking, and then the, the narration is like, this is the 1% of the 1%, you know? All Same of that. room. So here's the thing. And also what was disconcerting is that Magda and little Elliot are by themselves in this room. Like, Elliot's not observing this. He doesn't walk mm-hmm, into the yeah. scene. This is just like, we have to be in Elliot's head. Well, see, that's when, that's what, it, like, the way that conversation, you know, played out, it almost seemed as if, you know, Magda was a personality. Little Elliot's a personality. It did. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robot's mm-hmm. a personality. And there's four chairs. Elliot. So there's four, just four of them. Monster, Magda, Elliot, Robot at the table. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, okay. So physically, Elliot, Elliot is not one of them. His brain is that yeah. conference room. And they're like waiting for somebody. They know who he is. It's just, oh, man. Well, there's again, so and there's also that <laughs> he just that gave up on of, life. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's like walking off as as we speak. <laughs> there's also that theory about like the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, who's the Holy Spirit in this case. You were supposed to be so, my God. You were all this stuff that was said in yeah, season two. You I was were just supposed, supposed to protect to prophet, us. Yeah. You know, he's literally standing by a cross when he says Jesus yeah, Christ, and I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Sam's going, here you go. I'm like, but I don't know what's on the platter, Sam. what's in the box uh okay i just i was watching that damon scene today just going oh my god you know you see the rejection of elliot by angela in that fever dream it doesn't fit i told all those people in that room what they want to hear that's her duplicity to help out the dark army white rose um you see her hand that you think they're going to get together they're not she hands him back the key. She sees him for what he really is. Yeah. So. And she's all in white. Wedding dress. Later on, she's only wearing white. She dies in white. So you don't think we're going to get any hints or get to know visually who this monster person is next? I think we're going to get hints. I don't think we're going to get any answer. I think that's to. the show. I think who monster mm-hmm. is is the show and how monster was formed and jumping out the window that brain scan, 
all of that stuff happening in childhood, it's all about that. Kevin McAllister, it's all about that day. If it's a snowman, I will rip my TV (laughs) off the wall. If they show snowman as the last. (laughs) (laughs) Angie's going to Hulk out. (laughs) (laughs) Flipping fucking tables, bitch. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of my thought. Let's launch into some scenes. You want to go a little bit into the scene work here? like Sure. Let's just talk about the very, very beginning, how geeked out I was with the TV, how they made that, that monitor. I like walked Mm. up to my TV and it was like perfectly framed. Yeah. That is a big, bold move visually, creatively to create something like that, because obviously not everyone has the same shape TV. And I just could not believe how they pulled it off. It was gorgeous and beautiful i would have accepted the whole episode in that frame yes. it was great yes yeah. i loved it fucking loved it and then you know when you're you're taking that in then we launch into the origin story of uh zhang yep and i was like yeah just really and distracted so we by how heard, good the cgi we've never was. heard about this dave's group right right never never once popped never up. heard about them nope okay so and, i thought it was interesting. an interesting i thought it was an interesting play how at the big how all day sam was having a good time on twitter and he said you're gonna have all you're gonna have more questions but at the same time there's this like all your questions are gonna be answered and then he launches in with all this information about Zhang and Deus Group, and we're like, oh, here it is. Like, we're going to be able to put all of these pieces together. And then they hit us at the end with who's, who's this like, other one? What? Um, thank, thank you, Sam. <laughs> and honestly, Sam. as painful as it is to be still in the dark, it's just like masterful the way he does it, honestly. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. I, I mean, thought, talk, talk about keeping an audience engaged. You oh know? my God. And we're, I'm, I'm watching other shows because we're, we're going through succession. We were sleeping on that show. Now we're catching, we're going into, the, I think we're in midpoint of season two because the finale for season two was last night as well. And I'm sitting here trying to watch that show like I'm watching Mr. Robot because I'm a full robot like brain. And I'm like, is he messing with her? Is he trying to, is he manipulating? What's going on? Does she have no? And I'm like, wait, wait, I'm not watching Mr. Robot. They're not doing any of the things that I think <laughs> that they're doing. They're just doing shit that regular people do on shows. Uh, it's a wonderful show, but I'm just saying it's not doing what this show's doing, which is just mind fuck. Every single episode, every episode of Mr. Robot has been like, mindfuck, mindfuck, lightly, heavy, medium, hot, spicy, <laughs> mild. It's there <laughs> and it's building and building and building and building. So, so 1989, it all begins for Zhang. We see, you know, hot young Zhang coming up, you know, through the times, creating the Deus group. It's, it's got its finger in the pie. I'm getting that it did it I'm, again. Force for the trees. Did Zhang start the Gulf War? Was he planting the weapons of mass destruction? And I du- think he in, did. In, is that what they're saying? With <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, no. the Deus Group, uh, or, or or you know, was the main lobbyist or of all yeah. these things that happened. Yeah. But we have seen them. We saw them in in season one. Mem- yes. Remember when they were you know that last that where they're sitting Price and. Um, White Rose are sitting having the cocktail and yes. the ladies playing the, the, near the, the fireplace. Yeah. So that's yep. the day. Oh. So we haven't known them by name, but we had no. They got a secret clubhouse. Which was like, okay, so now. Oh, it's it, coming back to like, me. Like a secret organization, I thought was like, oh, that's what everybody does. But he had already planned this ahead of Sam time. Sam goes, yeah, here's yeah. our Illuminati. It's real. Yeah. They start wars. They do whatever they it's want like the to. Family. Yeah. 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 
Well, and, and it makes sense that we're only learning this now because price is like on our side, yeah. effectively. So. Yes, we were only let in because of the the doorway that is Angela. And I like how he kept it a very physical, tangible Earth thing. It's not like, you know, time that's why travel. I d- that's why I don't believe that the machine is time travel. Yeah. Now I'm even more convinced, more than ever, that the machine is a transhuman machine. And I got to think about... I was about, waiting for him to, like, confirm it. Like, something about the machine. And I'm not... Does he know for sure what it is? Surely he does. I mean, he's part of the Illuminati guys. He's the Deus guy. Surely they know. And I think all of the people who are recruited by uh, White Rose also know this. And I think that's why they act any old way they want to. Why Janice is straight razor crazy. Because I was asking the question, like, where do you get people like this? You don't go on Indeed or Glassdoor. You find people who are like Craigslist. Who are Craigslist? Well, probably Craigslist. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of sociopaths and psychopaths on that motherfucker. So I feel like (laughs) the reason that these guys just they blow their brains out on like a whim, or when they're told to, is they all have been told you're going to come back. You know, don't worry about it. You're coming back. You may not be in this physical body, and you know, we'll just recycle your leather jacket. Uh, but, you know, you're going to come back in some charm. That's what this big server that they're going to build in the lawless part of Congo is going to be about. They're protected. That's it. So I think that's why it's got to happen. And once she gets a hold of that, she's, she thinks this. She obviously can harness the power of any scientific theory in the world and make it come to life. Or you get murdered. You know. <laughs> so I found that interesting. Well, isn't it kind of wild that in that explanation that, that she, how she took over the, or not took over the Deus group, but. Well, she started the Deus group. She started the Deus group. And then Price was saying, we realized that everything we were doing was. Yeah, her silly her. project that we made fun of this entire time was all that she was about, or he was about, if we're talking about Jang. Yeah. yeah. And, oh shit, she's joke's on us. We work for her. Yeah, we work for her. Manipulating we for, her way. She's going to do whatever group. she's going to do. I mean, I feared her, like, before White Rose. That was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, real, this is real power. Yeah. Because you see the way they operate. And then, I was just like, what a, what a, what? Record scratch. Susan Jacobs worked for the Dark Army. Now, it all makes sense. Nothing is shown on screen for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. So, Susan Jacobs, Darlene done run off and kilt the Dark Army's, like, main lawyer that handles their finances. Cisco was in the it's room. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to me how, like, just to think about how everything is actually planned out. Yes. Like, you, you like, wish shows would, like, plan out. I mean, like, they don't have the luxury to know how long they're going. But I think in this case, he did. Yeah. And he had control it's crazy over that. to me. Yeah. Like just imagining Sam Esmo's apartment. It's all Pepe Silva, like everywhere. Just like it is Pepe Silva. <laughs> Emmy's like, can we just have one room that doesn't have red strings on it? Okay. <laughs> do you, do you think when they took over her, her uh, apartment, remember when they, when they yeah. got rid of her and they, they, they killed, they killed her that last night. Like, do you think Cisco knew who she was? I don't think any of them knew who the fuck she was. She was so buried deep yeah. into There's no army. way a, a grunt soldier like Cisco, and that's why he was playing with fire. He fell for the mark. Yeah. Is hit what fucked him up and got him killed as he fell for Darlene. And he kept doing dumb shit right. over and over and over again. And the only reason that Darlene is still breathing is because White Rose needs the leverage over Elliot. Yeah. And this is why, mm-hmm. guys, I am 
absolutely convinced that to get Edward Alderson to move the project in its stages at the time, back in the day at Washington Township, I've, <laughs> I am absolutely convinced now that a, a Dark Army operative kidnapped Darlene, took her to a prepared place, made her feel welcome. It was all decorated for her. And then the cops broke in because Edward said, yes, I'll do what you want to do. Yes, I'll, I, he was forced to join the Dark Army. This is what the Dark Army does. That, make, that makes sense. So this strange mm-hmm. story that we hear in front of Cisco while they're waiting in the, uh, the hospital, I'm like, that's Dark Army. And what's happening to Dom probably happened to uh, Santiago. The yeah. Same, it's repeating of the Threatening same with thing. your mom and the whole thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we find this about Jacob. And we're getting a narration, by the way, from Price. From Price. I'm sure yes. Reddit's been all over that board, and there's a bunch of references to all kinds of stuff like Dune and whatever on there. I'm not going to get into that. And... I just was noticing, like, why is Elliot holding himself like he's about to fall over? He's cold. And like, oh, yeah, bitch almost like got murdered. Like, this is within the yeah. same day <laughs> that he got OD'd and then brought back to life by Narcan. He's probably like, I'm, a, I'm not really firing all pins. I'm going to let Mr. Robot take this <laughs> question. Kind of not doing good right now. Can I get a sandwich and a hug? So, um I kind of also think that visually that shows us when he's Elliot versus Mr. Robot, because the the times when he stands, he's he walks forward towards Price and he just puts his arms down with all that confidence. You know that that's not Elliot anymore. Yeah. And the moment he shrivels up again and he's in that bank and he's like looking at like that little boy when, you know, when you're a little kid and your mom told you to sit right there when you're at the bank, he's just sitting there waiting for his turn. Also, what's funny about Elliot now is he just has no patience for no bitch. He's just like, he's mm-hmm. rolling his eyes at Darlene. Their mom just thought he's like, yeah, I get the shit. He's just rolling his eyes. And then the way he's, they faces off with, you know, robot. The first is like, oh yeah, your observation powers. Yeah. Cause you didn't pick up on that. Huh? When he's just like sassy as <laughs> shit. When he knocks Mr. Robot with his phone, he's like, and I'm like, that just seems weird. Cause he's not a touchy person. No. So I was like, you're touching this. Yeah. Other. I was like, that was awkward. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love well, seeing this if- pissy version of Elliot. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely um, a, a, another level of confidence with Elliot Alderson. And also, I noticed how he seems just a little bit more vulnerable towards Darlene. Um, you know, he's just, as much as he's trying to, you know, hide in the corner looking for Susan Jacobs, but clearly he allowed her to see it or is he just that in a vulnerable state right now where he did slip to let her see it? Yeah. I don't know. I was trying, I was looking at that scene at the, at the subway stop going, is he allowing her to see it? Is he just, I mean, cause he doesn't, he doesn't want Darlene to be mixed up in all of this. No. Yeah. He's doing this to protect her. He's yeah. like, Oh yeah, you'll die. She'll die. That's what I'm doing for. Then he walks in the room like, okay. Uh, Cremation, uh, cardboard box, uh, yeah, cheap as turn. Yeah. We're out. I think it was, just, I think, I guess it was just a subtle way to show us how fixated he is on this whole thing and he, he's yeah. not aware of anything around him. I don't know. And maybe this is how he normally is when he's in the middle of something like this. Um, I don't yeah. want to skip ahead too far because I want to go back to something you brought up last week, which was the color tone on the show this season and how we're in all mm-hmm. safe now. And it used to be that, as you talked about, that just really white, almost like the colors drained out of the room in these big white spaces. And now it's defunct and it's AI safe, I noticed. A little joke about AI there. And um, 
because that's obviously the plan that that's part of this transhuman machine I think that she's making mm. right the AI so we're in this room that's like golden and the light behind price as he's illuminating us on like who Zhang is and this Deus group, I was like, yeah, the color tone. I'm like really paying attention to that. It's like right there in front of us. Almost like golden tones, like a sunset. Yeah. But the sun's yeah. going down on this story. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I love that. Something's end. But it, I mean, it's also, it's not comforting either though. No, <laughs> it's not no. like a... A fun, happy sunset. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> like people finna die. No, no. Like a lot of these people are seeing their sunsets, and I think that that's why we see it over Price's shoulder, is that this dude is out of here. He already tells us he's a dead man walking as soon as he signed up with White Rose, and when he walks out of that room, he's like, yeah, and so are you, buddy. Like nobody gets out of this alive. So I didn't have any hope. Well, but not not only was the sun behind him, his face was in darkness. As I noted, like as the as the scene was progressing, Elliot's face was lit up and Price's face was not. And I think that was very intentional. And I like how then Robot manipulates him like, hey, man, the way you get in that room with Zhang and you get him to like force the successor vote is you gave him the ultimate sacrifice. I know about your daughter. I checked up on mm. you, too, fool. And I think that's what convinces Price. Not to do the right thing. Price doesn't give a shit about the right thing at this point. He's been doing the wrong thing his entire career. Well, it's fighting back. It's more like revenge. And he took that it revenge. It is revenge. I think that? for Price, yeah. it's like, you did this to my daughter, and I know I'm going to die, but I'm taking you fucking down with me if I can. I'm going to give it my best shot. You know? And, you know, Ellie Bot's like, same. You know, but the way robot manipulates him like this is your play this is how you walk into that room and you force that but I mean, he's not even manipulating him. he's just like this is how you get in there and i thought that yeah. was kind of genius just the simple things like that in this storyline i was like wow just marveling at the mind of samus male i want to and caress that, your that, mind sir yeah that kind of grading again it permeates through the episode the bank uh, the subway, Zhang's living room with the yellow ornaments yes. and the yellow lights. Like, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It is. Almost in every scene, it was this glowing scene. The taxidermy place. It was just like this. Magda's, cr- Magda's room. Yeah, yeah, this creepy golden light. So we get to the nursing home. They find out their mother's dead. That woman's giving the speech. about your mom is so sweet. Again, <laughs> she was so kind. I thought she was catatonic. But apparently she's like one of those people who's nice to other people, like but abusive to her kids. I don't know. That struck me as really weird. I'm like, what? Like I had a shoulder to cry on. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like who is Magda? I've always been fascinated with who the hell Magda is. Is she? Does as she bad? have her own DID? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I was just we're in this nursing home and like. He's throwing the shit in a box. We got to get out of here. They find the Walkman with a cassette tape. And I'm like, oh, shit. What's this going to be? How did she get that? How did she have that tape, that Walkman? It never. They never said because it was. I could only assume Angela gave it to her yeah, for I was some reason. That too. Did Angela was go by and visit Magda? Oh, I'm so fucking super depressed and sad now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Or did Monster stop by and go, hey. Here's something. I don't know. <sighs> so Darlene finds the coat. This awesome coat, by the way. Packs a pack of cigs in the pocket, and she's smoking, and they're having a conversation. And 
she's acting all big and tough, like this is not going to touch me. And, you know, and I know from whence I speak of like, you might have a really troubled relationship with your parent, but death does not solve that relationship. So that one I saw coming from a mile away. And it's two deaths, the death of her mother, the death of Angela. She's carrying Angela, the weight of Angela more, but they're both impacting each other. So I found that interesting. And I got to tell you, Carly is killing it this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's amazing this season. I just She's not doing a bunch of stuff. She's never been big, but she's just keeping it right there. I guess when you're like acting across from an Oscar winner, you got to keep it one honey. You know, <laughs> trying yeah. to get that Emmy, trying to get that Emmy nom, y'all. Um, Take if Theo could get Evan uh, nominated. Theon, yeah, so if Alfie Allen can nominate himself <laughs> for an Emmy. But so could I. What did he do? Anyway, um, he pouted for, I don't <laughs> no know, shade, four seasons. No shade. No shade. I love you, Alfie. So, not for nothing, again, Sam Esmail, he's in the 11th hour here. He's, he's, he's doing all kinds of crazy shit. Why do we have this safety security deposit box what the fuck was that about yeah so we have this clue and i'm like oh oh ooh, ah, insurance policy against the dark army that edward left behind and said magda if they ever trying to come and kill you pull out this no we get to the bank and they've thrown as darlene says so you got rid of my mom's shit <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't pay your bill nobody knew about two it years two years i can't believe that that's just been discarded right well, can't they just hack back into the data and find out when they did it, what was in there? Don't they have to keep a log yeah, of, like, like, of yeah, the, a record? Yeah. A record of it? Yeah, you know we'll these two out. are probably going to do that. That's going to happen. Cause, yeah. but I don't and they know, said they th- threw it out like when? Like They said like two years ago, was it? Yeah, it was two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Was this a joke when they when she was trying to convince... Elliot to go with her and she says aren't you interested to see what was in there and she's trying to get his attention and she's like adoption papers <laughs> yeah. your adoption papers <laughs> just that, hoping that, I yeah. loved it no I loved it I was like what are you guys trying to say about this like surely we were adopted because come on we're two freaks they're two freaks this doesn't make any sense and then of course we have the snowman sitting next to them on the bench and I'm like Sam yes. But you were the one who said Kevin <laughs> I, McAllister I didn't get it until the sec- on the uh, second watch. The second and I was watch. I was just morning, so yeah. deep into like what was going on in the safety deposit box. I missed the whole like the significance of the snowman and Ian goes, Kevin McAllister. I'm like, What? Yeah, we were watching and Lindsay noticed it too. Yeah. <laughs> Went right over my head. This is the kind of stuff where I'm just like, Woo, what happened? <laughs> And then the, the subway comes and he's just like, condolence. <laughs> <laughs> After that weird ass conversation he overheard. <laughs> but there is a story that she tells there and I need to watch it again. We've watched it three times. Where she talks about, remember when we were kids and I used to protect you in a way? Wasn't she saying that? Yeah. I need you to do this for me. So is that also another false memory of Elliot's where he was the protector and because he, he's telling us after he kisses her and he's remembering, oh, my God, she's crawling my bed at night and I would protect her from mom. That's maybe the way he believes himself to be like the hero. When maybe Darlene was the hero, maybe she was the one who was always, you know, sticking up for him. She's a fierce person. Yeah. And when you had your used to have your episodes, you know, 
So it's like that. That's very interesting. You know, was that because they? It, whenever we talk about, we we see Darlene and Elliot talking about the past. It's always like they had different points of view, like totally different points of view yeah. of what happened. Well, remember like last season, she goes, do you want me to talk to you about that, Dad? Yeah, like, it's always obvious. Like, do you want to? It's like. You want to get into that? Yeah, yeah. Is it made in that? And when she says it that way, I'm like, oh, he must have like, he threw a fit. He was on a rampage. That's why I think I go with the theory that Monster popped out. He jumped out and started like tearing up the room and going fucking crazy for whatever triggered him. And he says, you're a trigger to her that night. That same scene. So, what's up with that? Like, I feel like we're not getting, we never get the full story from Elliot. So. What, what's new? Like, <laughs> I know. right? It's like, not, not at the moment. Just wait for, for the end of the season because there's no more seasons to be told the truth. <laughs> exactly. I want to look, I want to loop around a point I'd forgotten to mention about the other. And that is that Mr. Robot, they are aware of Monster. Because when he's talking to us, I think Elliot is talking to Monster. He recently brought him mm-hmm. forth, right? Hello. Hello, friend. You know, that's he's trying out. What do I call you? Because this is Mr. Robot. What do I call you? Your friend. And he, we think he's talking to us. And I think that's a total, like, sleight of hand. I think they're talking to Monster. And Robot doesn't like Monster at all because he's like, fuck you. I don't give a shit about you. So apparently when Monster comes out and he's quite nasty, you know, and maybe maybe Monster was in Mr. Robot the day he came for Krista and called, you know, said coos and said all these horrible fucking things. Or when he's talking about women the way he does, like, oh, the carpet matches the drapes and snapping off a piece of that as the redhead walks by. Like, maybe that's Monster and he is, and that's why Angela, when she was encountering Monster, maybe Monster's the one who did the hack you know that killed all the people like that's where you would compartmentalize your rage and hate and all of that nasty stuff and she's like we're not friends plot twist it's just that it's just elliot's desk mate at e-corp the one that would like brag about <laughs> all the-, <laughs> the other rami <laughs> samir samir um yeah, Robbie. I, you know, to, yeah. the more I think about it because ian brought up earlier like the way they were talking it didn't seem like they that they were aware of this monster but again elliot's not talking to if we're operating on this theory that the friend is the monster and he's not talking to them it could it be just that the monster hasn't been in the equation for a while and they've kind of forgotten about him yeah and they're just like now real remembering that it could have been this other third person that we're not talking to currently right i don't know it sounds like mean girls Any- uh- <laughs> exactly exactly his he monster is Regina us. George yeah, living inside. Yeah. I He's, think monster is us, AKA Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Whomever that is. And right. Mr. Robot doesn't like us. Cause he's always snarling at us. But then if that's, if, if it's like he believes you know. in you, that's fine. I'll talk to you to fill you in because he likes you. So I'm going to tell you what's up, but fuck you. <laughs> when he walks well, away, also, you know? again, that weird scene where where Mr. Robot is like, yeah, that could have gone better. Fuck you. You're right. Mm-hmm. Was he talking to Magda? Was that like... Oh, maybe he see... was talking to Magda. Oh, my God. You know what? what? I mean? He's got whiplash. What's like happening? Like a mother, like she's just like scowling at him for like not being a good, great pairing. He's like, yeah, I know I could have done that better. <sighs> that that almost mirrors mm-hmm. the, the, the conversation that the uh, Elliot had when he was on the floor and 
Magda, Mr. Yeah. Robot, and little, little Elliot. Elliot, and they're talking, and she's he's like, well, I was only supposed to do, you know, blah, 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 and it was like sort of like a You were supposed to protect all of us, yeah. though, Holmes, not just him. Mm-hmm. Y'all. But they're, the way they're speaking, it's like they have been given roles by this other person. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like you were the one that you do this. Well, that's the way DID yeah. works, right? Like if you that this this persona handles this, this persona handles that. You know, they have tour, yeah. they have roles and tasks, and that's basically what DID is. So yeah, wow. I didn't realize he was probably talking to Magda. Maybe they it aren't aware possibly. of this guy. He's just like this monster running around lurking. I'm just thinking of Legion. This entire time I've been thinking about this, I've been thinking about Legion and how many, like he's carrying Farouk around in his brain. And I'm like, could this be, in his entire life, he didn't know that this, this demon was like living in his brain and making him, like manipulating him. So at this point, the number of personalities, I'm just thinking about James McAvoy's split. That's what I am too. Somebody was like, (laughs) it's Patricia. (laughs) He's sitting there going, hello. It's James McAvoy. <laughs> Somebody on Reddit was like, it's Freddie Mercury. The, the other guy is Freddie Mercury. Uh, there's a lot of funny ones on there. I don't think it's Angela. I don't think it's Tyrell. I don't think it's Vera. I think those are real people. They have interacted with other people. It's not yeah. Leon. You I thought, know. I, yeah, I thought Leon for a little bit. I think it's like, no, it, it, the criteria doesn't hold up. Well, then Elliot shivved about nine white supremacist Nazis in the shower in prison. Exactly. And that means Elliot was hanging out with Trenton and Mobley there in the desert. Yeah. He was in Arizona while he was also in New York. Yeah. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um, So they were, let's go to the bank scene for a second. Okay. Again, I'm already sad about Magda. Now I'm like, really, I think now you're telling me that Magda got snuffed out by her son. Damn. And then they're in the bank and we're lingering in this bank. And also from a location point of view, it's like, oh, we, we don't have, let's not move this scene to another place. Let's just do this right here. Let's just, uh, also, if you're a New Yorker, you know, that public spaces, you, you can't just, it's not like you get in your car and you go somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. Like you hang in a lot of spaces in New York. I found that to be kind of a New York-y thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you take time in <laughs> yes. spaces, right? So yeah. they're in this space and she's, she's taking this moment to go, what up with you and Angela? You're not even seem like it's bothering you. It's like, yeah, it does. But I got eight days, and you don't know what I'm doing. And then they listen to them all wish Mrs. Moss a happy Mother's Day. And Magda was listening to that. And I am like, oh, my God. Yeah. I need antidepressants to finish the season. How sad. Even if she was abusive and terrible, you have a moment of, like, this poor lady... Maybe she was remorseful in her older age because Elliot's tender toward her when he goes by to check on her, which it seems like he does. He had to have set her up in the nursing home. Again, where does his money mm-hmm. come from? It's not a nice nursing home. It's a shithole. But like he goes, he's he's repaired his relationship, at least to the degree that he goes to check on her or maybe he just copes. He also put himself in her home mentally in season two yeah Mm -hmm. you know and she was in the dream sequence you know smoking and being abusive and you know putting cigarettes out on her daughter but she's so present she's in the polaroid in his house she's always it's the this she's a part of this 
in a way that just she's just been lurking in every single corner of the show. So to listen to this thing, I wanted to cry. You were noticing how it was shot. What were you saying? Oh, when they were sitting at at the bank and they were doing, you know, the coverage, you know, the side, you know, the profile shot, it just it looked odd because it was like a little behind. Right. Like, why do they choose those shots that they were choosing? In front and a side, in the front and side. You know, I'm not a big. I don't know much about camera stuff, <laughs> but it just it was it was awkward. I felt weird looking at that angle. Right. Where when we turned and we were looking at um, at Elliot, it was more sidey as opposed to. So there was t- well, in the bank, there are two profile shots, right? Yeah, hers was a little bit more just behind. Yeah, we're looking from you know, I guess I saw the back of her head, which is just weird. Yeah, and the banker hardly, for a split second, even recognizes Elliot standing there. Yeah, I had to, I had to take a look at that again a few times in slow mo, yeah. and I said, okay, what's what's happening here? Is this, is this it? Like, is it one person? He's only one but then who knows it's so crazy well here's the thing it's like if you're talking about like did monster get rid of uh magda and and elliot is so sure that there's nothing in that safe it's like did elliot know of the sa- did monster know of the safe and empty or did it elliot out? take the stuff out a long time ago and it was yeah. always empty because he's insistent. I'm just like not checking. He's on like, oh, I know, yeah. th- I know there's nothing in there. I'm not curious because you took the shit out two years ago and let the payments lapse. So nobody would be on to the fact that like you still have the safety deposit box in place in case somebody comes looking for it. And it lapses in payment. He's paying for the nursing home. But then again, it could be that like in eight days he needs to get. You know, he needs to sure. come up with a plan because he's going to be But this is a guy who is, like, super fastidious when it comes to this kind of shit. That is, yeah. that is like, in his wheelhouse, safety deposit box and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think he took whatever was in there away a long time ago. I'm just not figuring that out. Well, see, I'm now, slow. Now I'm thinking of every single thing that happened in the in the series so far and just trying to, with, with Elliot, and being like, okay, is there evidence of a third personality here? <laughs> And again, I think Sam, Sam has said it's, no one's guessed it so far. How could we, Sam? And then secondly, it's been in front of our, he said it's in plain sight. Yeah. So well, we've seen Monster before then. That he tells put me it there, he's he knows it. where it is. Yeah. And I think maybe that motivated Monster to set up a time. Or I still like the idea that you guys are saying about Monster needs attention. So he was like, oh, I'll snuff out old mom. Get this ball rolling. Or her death signaled triggers a set of events starting with a safety deposit bots box that heads down this track over here. I don't know. Or did I'm just theorizing here. Cause that's what everyone's doing today. Sure. Was did Elliot know what was in the safe deposit box? Had it removed because he knew it would be detrimental to what he's trying to do with white rose and then flub the records to have it say that it got removed. Well, we know he does ago. it all the time. He he installed, right. he purposely uh, admitted himself or went to the hospital where mm-hmm. the administrator, like he manipulated all the files mm-hmm. to say, you know, he's not a morphine addict and blah, blah, blah. That's the same guy who serves him the cherry Wait, pie, the raspberry pie in the dream sequence, by the way. Same hospital How, administrator. Where are we in the timeline of the show? Because aren't we still in 2015? We're still in mm-hmm. 2015. We're at Christmas time. 
right before the and new year. And we started in 14 in season one. I want to say, 20, yeah. 2015. Well, early. This, has this just been a year? Yeah, because Trump hasn't won the election yet. No, but I'm just saying, like, where did it start? Was it 2014? The series started, I think, at the top of 2000. The timeline of the series star- started at the beginning of 2015. So it's only been a year. I the think, Ian, didn't you been... say so that at Mar-a-Lago, didn't you say at Mar-a-Lago when they, with the, at the end of a, one of the episodes, it might have even been at the one, okay, whatever the, whatever episode it was where Zhang is sitting there with Price and she's playing the liar. Yeah, that's like, I think that's the finale Isn't of, that Christmas of season time? one. Yeah, I think that's Christmas time too again. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I don't know. Possibly, so it's well, booking even from so. Okay, yeah, even so, my my point being that whoever took out the safe deposit box happened before the actual show. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. could it be like Darlene's adoption papers? We don't know. Yeah, like he, could he, it be as simple as that? Could it be as harmless as that? I don't know. You know, we see Elliot always trying to shield her from stuff as best he can. When he thinks about it, yeah, he is kind of a shitty brother sometimes. Uh, I don't know because they did make the point to say that it was two years ago, yeah, before the start of the show. So I don't, I don't know. Possibly. Well, BT Dubs at the funeral home. Um, Darling confesses, "Hey, I might have sort of, kind of murdered Susan Jacobs." <laughs> and he's over there by <laughs> the cross, going, kinda. "Jesus Christ! What the yeah. fuck?" The very thing I need. Because we, we all kind of went, oh, fuck, when, you know, Price says Susan Jenkins were like, oh, damn. And then she's like, yeah. And she's holding her mom's ashes, by the way, wearing her coat, going, yeah, I kind of murdered that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I knew you wouldn't get it, though, by the way. Brother, sister, arrived like, I knew you wouldn't get it. She murdered his lawyer in her own home in a pool, stun gun to the heart. But you wouldn't get it. And he's like, oh, I read the reports. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, okay. Murder in this family is like a, just a thing, just a random Tuesday now. But I just need all that shit on her. And then she says something, and this is why I love this twist. She's like, you needed me. I mean, you need me. You know, rather than me being the damsel in distress that you need to save, every hack you've pulled off, you needed us. And now I'm the last one left. That One of you guys brought this up last week. She's the last of the F Society. Yeah. So I got to be in on this. Also, why not? You know, better than worrying about her out here, like, floating around if she's in the room. And then she brings up, like, I thought you were going to bring up, like, Vera and stuff. And then him and, you know, then the whole whiplash of, like, him and Robot going, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. I thought that was an interesting way to, to uh, uh, reintroduce Vera. Yeah. By this, like, oh, I thought we were, but it was this, but it was really that. I just thought it was kind of funny. And then, you know, man, Elliot just goes from zero to, like, yeah. we're not cool, but, like, I'm not going to tell you shit. And he's like, dude, dude, look at me. It was not me. Well, who the hell was that? And then they're like, what? Yeah. And th- this other thing that that caught my eye too was the was Darlene downloading the software. So now Elliot knows where she is all the time. Yes. I feel like as throwaway as that was, if this monster persona is going to be... Because if you think about it, the essence of Elliot's character has always been that he's the antagonist of his own story. Yes. So now that Mr. Robot is no longer the antagonist, why Rose is technically? But if we're bringing in the stir persona to be another wrench in the conflict, 
that person knowing where Darlene is, which is arguably the only person left in Elliot's life that he cares about because he doesn't have Magda, he doesn't have Angela anymore. It's not going to be pretty if we're going along the, the, the line that this monster is out to get Elliot and Robot. Well, if you think about what's happening with Dom, like she's 99.9% sure that she convinced, you know, Horton to buy the cover story of the cartel and they dropped his ass off the side of a building. Like, what do you think they're going to do to Darlene? Yeah. Yeah. And when we saw that happen, you're like, and I'm like, is this why that bitch was running all over New York? That's why he was scaring Monica Wincy, like running through shooting all that stuff. Is this why he's running? Because the only thing that make that would make him run that fast is something is just on fire. We've already seen him run and get slammed around. I still think monster threw him around in the building too. in last season. And he was like getting thrown around. I don't think that's robot style. Mm-hmm. I it think that's monster. Yeah, it doesn't seem like robot I mean, style. beating the shit out of him to go, Nope, we're going to do this. Nope. We're blowing up these buildings. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like I think the, oh, the second time we're going to see him like on fire alert running is something's happening with her. They've got mm-hmm. her, and then bitches going to be running all over New York on the skating rink, all the stuff that we've seen, all the leaked scenes. So um, so I don't know. I just know that like seeing Dom and her use the same code on their Samsung phones and stuff, I mean, <sighs> this is mirroring in a way. And we yeah. know from the previews that Darlene goes to Dom and says, I, this, I can get you out of this uh, Dark Army shit. And bringing her into the fold. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like, you know, we're all heading to this conclusion. And we got to get away from creepy ass Janet. I don't, I, I actually enjoyed Irving, <laughs> even though he's a bloodthirsty dude. He had a charm about him, right? Yeah. Cheesy as his, well, he was with his fault stories and bullshit. But Janice is very disconcerting, and she's. The taxidermy is just makes it even more awesome and spooky. I just love that all these people have a day job. Yeah. Because Irving <laughs> was just trying to write his book and sell his cars. And Janice is trying to just get her taxidermy going. She's got to keep Bernice alive forever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to slam Bernice down on the counter? Literally slam that yeah. bitch. Bitch, it's like, the okay, holidays. Come have some respect. I thought that entire scene was going a completely different way because that that old lady looked shook as hell. She did, and I'm like, she has a gun. What? What is? That? And then she just slams down the yeah. corpse of her dog. You have no I'm idea. Like, calm down, bitch. Oh my god. Also, like, Save don't be second. trying, Janice. Janice will just shiv the fuck out of you, old lady. Yeah. <laughs> when you order Chinese yeah. food, two dudes are gonna show up in masks and go pop pop. Uh, let's go back into the scene where Price goes to visit Jang. He's putting up his Christmas tree. I think he's just doing the center section. I cannot see that bitch getting on a ladder and reaching. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like assistants been overseeing it. And then you just put it in the middle part where you like. And then the per- the three people who decorated it before all, all committed suicide because they did it wrong. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Price comes in and plays his hand, his last hand, and says, hey, I'm, I'm stepping down. Uh, before the end of the year. So you can ring in the new year with a new fool. And Jang does not like having his hand forced. Mm-mm. And you see him a little unseated. That's not how the game is fucking played. And he's like, oh, at least you love your game so much. Just know that I don't care. 
Well, and also yeah. what you, you won. Got, I'm sure you guys. I'm sure you guys noticed this, but when, um, when Price says like I don't care, and Jing starts stepping towards him, you can hear like a clock ticking. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, as for all the visual cues the show has, when it goes into the audio, like that world, it's fucking phenomenal. I yes. was like, there's that clock. There's that clock, and it's ticking. And the timer's running out on you, Price. Yeah. Because it didn't. It didn't come up until he says, I'm out. Yeah. Also, we were marveling. What did you say about when BD gets to knock over the Christmas tree? Oh, yeah. How exciting that would have been. That that, that probably was. Just oh, satisfying. Just like, I get to tear it down. I'm a hater of Christmas, so I would have been like, yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> props are like, one take. One yeah. take, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm considering um, decorating my Christmas tree like that, like on the floor with all the decorations. <laughs> oh, nice. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. Right? So Get cool. the little, uh, the Zhang doll just standing oh near the top God. of the tree. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is amazing. wonderful. Please do it. Please do it. I'll try. Well, I'll do on I'll the try. floor trees this year. That's awesome. Uh, but then when he got, he calls, um, Elliot, and he says, hey, I did it. I played my last hand. And Elliot says, thank you. Now, here's his enemy. Here's the dude who's been behind, you know, one of the players and the people who murdered his family, his childhood friend's uh, mother. He says, thank you. And he says, don't thank me. I'm not doing it for you. It's like, that's when I knew. It's revenge. It's, I have literally nothing to live for. Because you see the look on Price's face when he first lays eyes on Angela at All Safe. Like he gets close to her for the first time, really. And she comes in and she's fetching coffee for asshole. And he's just looking at her like, you know, what we were interpreting is maybe his interactions with Angela were lust. I was always onto that. I got to say, I called it early. I'm like, this girl has no right to be in any of these positions What's up with her and Price? Um, and then the way he hands her these two dudes who made that decision in the room, the, the ones he could expend at the time. It's a gift to her. Like, I, could, I wasn't around to be your dad, but I can get these two sons of bitches who helped murder your mom, like, put away. Happy birthday to me. I don't know. Uh, but Price, you know, I like this Price. I like this going out like an OG price who's trying to make this right he know he can't right any of his wrongs but he's gonna do this now i'm repeating myself but you know what i mean so do we think that's a wrap on price or i think we'll see price's demise Mm. right maybe we don't have time maybe he gets two in the temple on his lawn next to where angela dropped can't go to the bench Or maybe he's left standing at the end, at, at the end, and why Rose has been taken I don't. Over. There's no fucking way I, I see him walking out of this alive. I don't see Elliot coming out of this alive. Yeah. I see Darlene being spared to carry on the Alderson name. I just, I just don't. I've never even believed Elliot was going to make it out alive of this story. If he does, you better give us a damn good reason. Now I know that's crazy because I love Elliot Alderson. He's one of my favorite TV characters ever created. But why would you leave him standing? He's done some harmful shit. You know, mm-hmm. like murder 3,000 people. Yeah. Like Oh, that little thing? That little thing. That little Got thing Shayla killed. Got Shayla killed, exactly. Kind of bad. Um, 
so we talked about this thing. We started with the end. We have any more thoughts about the other or any other theories or things we know? Question: Can we go back to Susan Jacob? Yeah, quick? of course. How did the Dark Army not know what happened to her? They know everything. I think it we'll was one the- of those blind spots. I mean, and this is what. Oh, that's a good point but because see, that's why it was. It also shows you that they're not infallible. Yeah, that's why I was asking about Cisco and Su- Su- Susan Jacobs. It's not that a grunt would know who this is. But they have their eyes everywhere. They would have known that F Society has broken into one of their own people's. Well, look, peoples. I, I don't think that they're all-knowing. I don't think any entity is. Thank God. But they're, they were being followed by they the Dark Army. And even though it looks like she saw Elliot coming, I think that she didn't see Elliot coming until she was made aware of him. He was already inside her organization. That sounds really creepy. He was already inside of her. And she went, oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry this whole thing has become very overtly sexual for me I don't mean it to be that way I have been spiraling all day I'm fritzing out uh, somebody needs to plug me unplug me and plug me back in oh also sexual sorry uh, sorry so <laughs> to your point and reset and reset and I'm sorry it's not PG rated uh, just look at the explicit on oh. that thing Here's a, f- a really quick fun tidbit about Susan Jacobs. Okay. Just indulge me in just for just a minute here because, you know, I'm a big fan of Law & Order SVU. Thank you. Okay. And so I was watching it leading into the episode, and we know B.D. Wong for many seasons played the psychologist, primarily the child psychologist, on um, Law & Order SVU. The episode leading into Mr. Robot last night, it turns out the actress who plays Susan Jacobs is the psychologist that replay- replaced B.D. Wong on Law & Order SVU. What? Worlds collide. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, my God. (laughs) That's crazy. Mind blown. Okay, I got to start watching this show, this Law & Order thing. I know. (laughs) I don't know. Little show you guys are talking about. Okay, so to to your point, like, why would they know? I don't think they're all-knowing and all-seeing. I don't think they're aware of everything. And I think because... Of these wild cards. She even, White Rose even says to Angela, you're like a bad penny that keeps turning up. I didn't even know where you were. Like, there's blind spots built in here. And. That's right. Because otherwise, wouldn't she stop the 5-9 hack or manipulate it to her favor? She did later. So I see that no one knew that Darlene is going to, like, break into Susan Jacobs' house and set up the HQ. That's a personal thing. That's a revenge thing. That's a, a fuck you to Susan Jacobs. Nor did Darlene plan to kill her. So there was no plans. There was nothing in the offing there. It's just after the fact when the Dark Army, who's tracking Cisco with that thing under his finger, that's the only way they knew where Cisco was at all times is because he broke protocol and they wanted to murder him on the spot, but he's connected to Darlene, who's connected to Robot. That kept him alive a little bit longer. But he's got this tracker under his finger, but and that's see, how that's he dies at Lupe. Like, they would Lupe's. have they would have seen him at the the safe house, and it would have been shown up on their systems as Susan Jacobs is. Maybe they do house. know where Susan Jacobs is, or they know that it could, Darlene it has could something to do with it, an and maybe oversight. they don't give a fuck, huh? It could have been an oversight, given the fact that. She died in the midst of five nine being like in like the beginning of stages of five nine. It could have been an oversight. I don't know. Or they've known and they're like, well, we got fifteen lawyers shoved in a warehouse right now. We'll just get one of those out. Yeah, but she was the top person. She yeah. Well, there's no the top anybody in that organization. Yeah. If Price is expendable, 
why wouldn't Susan Jacobs be? Yeah, I feel but... like it had to have been like they just didn't realize it because in a in a, uh, in a, a direct attack for someone in the Dark Army is a, in this is an attack for the rest of the Dark Army. So why would they not take action at that point or at least check in? Yeah. I feel like the only logical explanation is that they just it just flew under their radar. Or maybe it didn't, and that's the reason that Cisco died. It's retaliation. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like we can't well, we can't she... kill Dom. We may need her. We don't we we don't not we're just not gonna shoot up the place, even though the guy did have an Uzi. Uh but you know, the guy walked up to the window. He does not shoot Darlene, he does not shoot Dom. They murderized their target. Because they did know. Maybe it was eye for an eye. Okay, well, it's no. pop, pop. We'll get, we're going to kill all of these people later. But we need to get mm-hmm. this fool right now because fuck this guy. He's not playing ball. You're done. I just find it hard to believe that Dark Army didn't know about Susan Jacobs. No, yeah, I think you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, that makes no. sense. Because that was like the smartest house in the world, it right? It was a like smart house. <laughs> It probably measured her poops. Because even in the even in that article that um, Elliot was reading when they're sitting there at the train station or subway station, it's like F Society. Um, what is it? Uh, believed to be involved with disappearance of Susan Jacobson. He, oh. When he's scrolling through the thing, was that the headline? That was the headline. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I just like I, a yeah, lot about this show a, for like yeah, money. It's a little weird. But again, it's it'll probably be explained because, you know, the fact that he's bringing back Susan Jacobson, you know, it's not just something that happened in season two. Right. Season well, and now that since they Three. they she's been gone for a while, who's the one facilitating all this paperwork and money? If she's gone now, um, or she, yeah. well, it's not the Dark Army or Fine White. Ro- I mean, Deus Group. I don't just have one person in the pocket, do you? No, but Price specifically said that Susan, like he would get notified, but it was Susan Jacobson, Jacobson who was involved with all the money transfers, all the financials of the Deus Group. Now that is like you don't just put in Don Jr. Or maybe you do. Well, in this case, you do. <laughs> well, in, in the real world, you do. You know? On smart television. You put in Susan Jacobs. Yeah. You don't put in. So that's what I'm Eric. saying. You you put in fucking somebody's and you know smart as a whip to to yeah to handle all that. I don't know. Again, more questions than answers. And she's also been rolling with them for a long time. Yeah. She was the one laughing in the background um, During when she tried the case. Washington Township. Yeah, while Washington Township yeah. got off the hook, and she's out there laughing. And that's yeah. when Darlene was like, "Fuck this bitch." Maybe they do know. Maybe that's what they're going to hold over Darlene's head. Maybe that's their way of getting rid of her. She's incarcerated. You know, she's she's nailed for that, you know. Well, uh, hopefully, you know, now that I don't the evidence would be because, you know, you'd have to know about animal shelters and stuff. And if if he can hack the last transaction being at when she used the wallet to pay for the the incinerator at the animal shelter, I was like, what are you doing? You just yeah. did a traceable fucking thing. Because remember, the money was all fucked. Like, like at that time, that particular time, yeah. we we're in the middle of this total hack, and it's like they can go to the to that guy and, and trace where did he get it and what was the day and what happened. You know, and Elliot's good, but that's a pretty simple thing to trace. And I was like, whoa, you just put yourself in the room where they're gonna put two and two together. Dark Army's like, we use incinerators all the time. 
Well, Elliot put it together. Yeah. I mean, uh, he just did the reading, mm-hmm. and then just the little bit that Darlene told him, he's like, so this is what happened. And I think that if he can put that together, I think, you yeah. know, Dark Army already. It's like, yep, fine. Great. We can't kill you now, but that's, you know, one of the many reasons why you're, you've got to go. And he's in eight days, this dude is out of here. Yeah. He's got to get shit done, or he's going to be dead. So this last season is that eight days, that seven to eight days, when it all just, like, they fire up the, the collider AI oh, they machine start, over there. they start shipping. Oh, they start shipping. Once it, yeah, once it starts We're shipping. We're not going to be around to see it yeah. actual, actually happen. Once it starts maybe. shipping, he says, I'm dead. Will, he, will that be the cliffhanger? We don't know if White Rose's experiment actually worked. Dun-dun. He does a Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all looking at the door. Well, Rami said that's not going to happen. He said everything will be explained. Yeah. We trust him, though. No. No. Do we trust Rami? <laughs> yes, we do. Do we? Everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I trust him, but bitch is not really good with technology. I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust Sam Esma when he said no one's guessed it yet. I feel like someone definitely has. That sounds like the appropriate response you would have to someone who's just guessed it. <laughs> I th- no. Here's the thing about Sam. He does troll the internet. He trolls Reddit. All the subs. He listens to podcasts. Hey, go, hey. And hope maybe somebody's nailed it. I don't I'm gonna get around to listen to um, all of the robot podcasts, but I listen to a few. And there's some very amazing theories out there that Sam has been like, oh, shit. Wish I'd thought about that. But no, that's not <laughs> it. So I don't know. Any other observations? I'm sure there were Easter eggs all up in this bitch. Like I said, the board, the the Elliot's all safe, you know, board. Well, it's gonna get rewatched, you know, four yeah. or five times Absolutely. by the next episode. We'll have to do like a catch all episode. Oh my gosh. After this is over. Well, of course. I mean, I think that's gonna definitely be it. Like the whole we did a preview uh with Angie. And I think we should sit down and like we should definitely put that together and talk about like what did it all mean? Like we all go off. Spend the time to watch it over, you know, we got the holidays coming up and just spend the time watching the whole, you know, tip to end and see what we saw and all of that. But I'm still sitting, I've been, I've gone through that dream sequence so many times and going, there's no way I could have known before I knew it. Like the only way to know that Sam is to be you. Exactly. Or Emmy Rossum. So you two, like the way it, it started, we got that whole, you know, explanation of who White Rose is. Yeah. All that background stories. Did did either one of you um, think that this is how the story was? Was that part of the th- your own theories? Because he gave us the whole backstory. Yeah, that he was kind of the leader of this group of that's like the the uh, he created like this network of all of the top leaders of the world, and he's leading that. Yeah, I always kind of thought that thought that was, was oh kind I think of what so was yeah happening. that fits yeah I wasn't surprised well, I mean, yeah, by that, it. That, it, yeah, if, yeah, that yeah. scene in that, that scene in uh, season three where he's like, "I want you to endorse Trump," is is obvious to show you that he has a lot of influence in what actually happens. But when he when like, he was like Illuminati level, and yeah. he tested his theory about how much power he had by starting the Gulf War. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then you see him hanging out with all the warlords. By the way, can we talk about like B D Wong's like social media game? Him on Twitter and Instagram, yeah. he has been bomb. Today, like, mm-hmm. there was a picture he put up of that uh, thing where he was there with uh, 
with the Shah of wherever uh, Rouhani, and he's like, yeah, the jet lag was a bitch. <laughs> um, he is having a field day with people's theories, and he is just trolling people in the most beautiful, gorgeous way that I didn't know I needed it until it started happening. So, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Any other theories? What's going to happen next? I didn't. Were there previews for next week? I didn't even see them. There was, but I was like just still in shock of like the other one. Right. <laughs> Who? Why are we in this room? What's happening? I don't know. I think one of the one of my biggest things that I'm really just kind of sitting on this episode is just seeing how Elliot is becoming so vulnerable and seeing his relationship with Darlene, you know, put everything aside of what they've done and what they do. They are siblings. They are brother and sister. They've gone through so much. And you see like these little snippets of tender moments of them together of trying to survive for one another and trying to be there for one another despite anything that they've gone through together and i think that's a it's a it's a story that just it, it'll resonate with a lot of people yeah. and just that whole losing their mother losing their best friend losing you know all that stuff and there's a there's a whole like level of emotion there that um on top of all this madness of the other one it's just such a really piece of piece of work and this scene where elliot's sitting with darlene here. and he's like by the way i killed her mother I knew you wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she goes, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I get it. She's totally awful to us. And you had to murder her. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, I, I think I think you, you hit it on the head. I think that's what Sam has said from the very beginning. As much as it sounds insane for him to say this, he's like, fuck the plot. Uh, ultimately, I think he wants you to come away with an impression of these characters that he's created that we'll never forget. It's like, I don't ever forget about the characters on Breaking Bad. I don't forget yeah. about the characters on Game of Thrones. So it's just shows where you're just like, you remember these characters are just indelible. And I think that's what's going on with Mr. Robot is just whatever ends up happening and whomever the other is or whatever, these characters is what you show up for, right? And you're rooting for them, even though they do horrible, horrible shit. I mean, the Alderson kids are murderers, but we're still like, I hope these two kids survive. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a testament to the words that are put down on the paper, sure, but also uh, the way these cast members just make you give a shit about everything that they do. Mm -hmm. Christian is killing it, too. Christian, mm -hmm. Rami has been, he's doing, I think, the least I've seen him do in the entire series in these first two uh, episodes. He's standing back and letting everybody else kind of shine and sure. do their thing, um, which is super awesome. And everybody's having their moment and everybody, even the new characters, everybody's just killing it. And I'm like, it's just such a delicious show. I'm going to cry like a bitch when it's over. Even Detective Horton, that little two minutes he was in, I was like, oh, I love this guy. Yeah. And oh, never mind. There he goes. <laughs> and <laughs> scene. And, and scene. And even our, like our gangster, our Irish gangster with his face tattoos. Yes. I'm like, What's your story? Oh, okay. We're just, you're just I'm here. still thinking about the Fruity Pebbles guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's happening with him? Is he like, don't worry, be happy? You know, that's all you're going to do? Is he I, really hope we, I really hope we see Vera next episode, oh, next gosh. week. I'm, uh, yeah. Vera and his coat. He's got matching coatsies with uh, Darlene. They're twinsies now. They have the, the same fur ruff yeah. on the neck. 
Maybe he can bucks. give us some insight to who talked to him. Yeah. Hey, man. It will be made known. He's talking to my fellow traveler monster, man. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm, I'm still high off of that episode. I feel like I did uh, a few rails of morphine. I, it's going to take me a couple of days to come down from that. That's how good this TV show is. Um, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Also, the 10 o'clock thing is killing me. I have to, like, take up knitting <laughs> or something. I might take up, like, a... I'm trying to... I'm, it's being forced to do a dopamine fast. This is a, the new trend. Is like, you take a break from screens. So, I'm trying to do that on Sundays because fools be, like, spoiling shit. Some people are... They're either bootlegging it and they're getting it early. But somebody I follow on Instagram had already thrown up, like at four o'clock in the afternoon, had thrown up a couple of like images from the episode. And I'm like, okay, I just okay. have to stop being on this stuff until three. I'll read my texts and talk to people, I guess, if people you want to talk about things. We obviously are going to be watching and sharing, but I've been doing that thing. I'm like, I think I need to paint. I need to do something. <laughs> I need to pick up baking because I get so antsy that that last two hours before 10 o'clock, I'm just crawling out of my skin. Yeah. Does that happen to you guys? Does that happen to you, Angie? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a really great show that comes on before Mr. Robot. So hopefully <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could talk All about right. that next week. <laughs> Start watching Law and Order. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't hate it. I just, I think it's because a couple of people that I have always been like, they have dubious taste, and they loved that show, so I automatically went, oh, I ain't watching that. We watched some of it. I know where you it. shop. We I watched some of it. see how you dress and stuff. I see how you think. But now that I was like getting, and you guys were explaining it to me, and you guys were into it, and I trust y'all's taste, I was like, okay. So maybe, well, maybe B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong's character is great. Mariska Hargitay, you can't. Oh, she's so great. I love her. And yeah. I love Ice-T. Yeah. Like I said, I love all these people on the show. And I had like I've had so many actor friends who have been on it. You know, they're like, watch my episode. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so now I might get on there and go, oh, there's my friend. So I don't know. Well, well, I'll give it a shot. That's what I'll do. I'll paint in the backyard with my small screen and I'll listen to Law & Order. How about that? I still think it looks like it was good. made in 1994, though. Like, what's up with that? You know? No, it was. Yeah. So but this no. is, but this is, but isn't it going on right now? <laughs> yeah, we, it, it's yeah, still it's, going on right now. So the episodes, but the episodes you're going to see on USA are going to be re replaced. Yeah. Reruns, yeah. Oh, where do the fresh mm -hmm. ones air? On like NBC. NBC on network. Primetime. What? I'm so dumb. Okay. There's like 20 years of Law and Order It's catalog. like the longest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? And they've got SVU too, so it's like there's like a whole there's franchises of Law and Order. SVU is the only one that matters. I think the yeah. only episode I've ever seen, start to finish, was the one with Norman Reedus on it because I used to be horribly, horribly into like Norman. It was all about anything Norman did, and I watched him on SVU, and I was like, okay, <laughs> interesting. Cool. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and bye. Uh, so now, but I get it. If it's a thing, you know, like I've never fully watched The Office. Uh, I never finished Seinfeld. Uh, I never watched really Friends. So I'm one of those people. I sound like Don't a... Don't waste your time with Friends. With Friends? <laughs> Don't waste your time. Wow. Those are big words. What do you think, Angie? Do like, you agree with I, that? 
I've seen it all oh, probably have- a few times already. Oh, she's into it. Okay. I, I have to, I was in the VCR generation. You know, every time it came on, had to record on the VCR. Oh, I did to- that too. I did. I got on the tail end of it. I, oh, okay. I did that too as well. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I we wasn't recording for it. <laughs> we did the same thing. And then you like you only got allotted so many hours when you got the, the, the was the digital VCR thing, you know, yep. and I would fight with my roommates or whomever over like what show we were going to tape and, and who was going to get the time. And so, but I never, I guess, I think it's because I worked on, I worked a news on an ABC affiliate and I got that programming like shoved down your throat all day when you were preparing the news. I was just like, I think I became very network TV averse, except for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I loved. Um, and then my so-called life that was a thousand years ago when that show was on TV, when Jared Leto wasn't, um, you know, Jared Leto. It wasn't Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, he was on that show? Yes, he was. He was the heartthrob on that. Oh. Yeah. Really? And I, my, you know, bisexual self, I had a crush on him and Claire Dane. So I was like, oh, yummy for me. Um, but I really didn't. And everybody loved The Simpsons. So I just, like, didn't like it because everybody loved it. I was that asshole. Um, <laughs> it turns out I was probably right because all those people seem to be arrogant. But then, you know, like I got just... TV, I think it was a thing. Although I grew up just living off of like network television. That's all we had. And I don't know. I, maybe I'm, I'm missing out on something. I feel like I am. I am one of those people who's a fool and I'll rediscover something. And then I'm one of those people who will like tell somebody, have you watched the show Law and Order? I'm like, yes, everybody watches that show. And I'm like <laughs> trying to like tell people about it. They're like, yeah, no, we, we already watch it. I tried the same thing with Criminal Minds. I watched the first three seasons and I was like, I think it's great. I don't know if I want to watch nine more seasons of this. Yeah. I can appreciate it for what it is, but it's not something that I I want to dedicate my time to (laughs) anymore. Same thing with like House. I had the same feelings about House. Like the first couple of seasons, don't want to see four more seasons of this. I don't know. I have friends who like basically mainline Grey's Anatomy. Like they just inject it into their veins. I have tried so many Same. times. I've, I I've tried watching too. that show like three different times. I just can't get into it. I think it's the hospital thing that's freaking me out. I don't know. <laughs> I watched the first three seasons. And back in the day, right about a half a year before it aired, I was working on a pilot uh, with a couple of writers called Box Hill. And we were going to, it was basically in the vein of exactly what turned out to be Grey's Anatomy. You know how things are just in the ether? Um, yeah. We didn't we didn't know the show was coming. We were, we were working on it. I went and went to UCLA and actually sat in on a brain surgery um, there with my partner. And we had this access. It was crazy. We're standing right there. This guy's brain was being pulled back in the whole nine because we were like trying to do our research because we were going to do a, it was about the brain surgeons and blah, 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 and how they're unusual people. And we interviewed like 15 brain surgeons. We had the pilot all worked up, but fourth draft in. It was it was really looking nice. And then we saw these billboards around L.A. It's like Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it died. Like it, there was no room for uh, multiples, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so our deal was dead. You know, we had a pre-pitch kind of entry. And they were like, yeah, well. There's that. And now I feel like there's a new hospital drama coming out like every month. Right. And this is before that deluge of just like hospital shows before we, the people. And Grace is still going. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's still in the air. And I know Ellen is like, like she's the bomb. 
She's really, really sharp. I don't mean I don't know her, but I'm just saying, like, I hear things about the cast, and I'm like, wow. And I guess there's something for it's a comfort. It's there every single week for you. Yeah. It's an old friend. Is she still on on that show? I think she is, isn't she? Alan Pompeo? I think so. Oh. I don't know. It's been a while, but yeah, I, I, I watched the first couple of uh, seasons, if you will, and I, I just couldn't. I stopped. Couldn't I, do it anymore. Well, I think of a lot of things at the time, you know, I was dealing with my mom's Alzheimer's and I was just like, there was one that was so heavy Alzheimer's. I'm like, yeah, I, I watch TV to escape. I don't want to like, I think mm-hmm. like with you, Andre, it was like hospital stuff. I'm like, I don't really, life is stressful enough. I can't really get into this. So maybe but I will say even now watching Robot Live and I was feeling this was game, with Game of Thrones is that I haven't appointment watched things in a long time. And, like, coming in every week and, like, getting yourself hyped up for a new episode and knowing that you can't just keep going and you have to wait another week. I think it's, it's it's like, it is comforting, I feel like, because we're so used to everything being immediately there, ready for us whenever we want to put time around it. And also knowing that we have to make time. Like, it's not the yes. sort of thing, like, oh, I'll get to it. I mean, like, I can, I can catch the episode later, but I want to be there for when it happens with everyone else. Well, it's like we all don't live in the same city, right? So it's, it's another way to bring people together. Like you, we, we're all going to yeah. be watching, even though you're watching three hours ahead of us. <laughs> uh, but I still feel like, you know, it's, it's robot day and it's a thing we did. Like we did with Game of Thrones. It was so fun. Yeah. The three of us were like, we were watching at the same time and we were reacting and we were like, oh shit, oh snap. You know, like just reeling and all of that stuff. I feel like we got that back. So I don't know. We got to look for another show, guys. We got to look for another show that we're totally into like this if they ever make another show like this because I love it. I, it makes it more precious. You know, what I've noticed with Netflix, they're doing this with the Great British Baking Show, Bake Off, is that they're, uh, they're releasing them one at a time, like weekly now. You can't just sit down and chunk through it and i do feel uh sorry for shows that do this like orange is the new black glow it's like you gobble it up in a weekend and that's what you're doing and it's the binge and then you're kind of like eh, and then you walk away from it and i think about all the hard work that goes into making these shows and like yeah. that must just be like a fucking letdown for the people who made that thing it's like you gobbled it up and you went Pfft. you know yeah so Great British Baking Show, like I, I clock it. It's on my calendar. I know to go in there and like I have my, and it's my sunshine in heaven. That is my, if I ever had a show that was my moving the sand around with a little broom thing, that's my show. I just, I, that show is just cracked to me. Everybody's so nice to each other. They're rooting for each other. I don't give a shit about baking, but I'm just so <laughs> invested in like, is there dough going to rise? Did she put it in too soon? Is it all of this little, <laughs> the st- most stressful thing is, will Paul Hollywood shake your hand? You know, and you're like, oh, she worked on it for hours and she dropped her thing and she had to start all over again and then there's not enough marzipan in there to hold it together and I'm like so invested. I love that shit. Me, my alone, yeah. I'm in the corner by myself. Fine. It's also crazy. This is a, what I was talking about with friends and like how I've, it's like for me that show was like the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing scenario because I I remember watching it in high school all the time and and loving it and then picking it up again in college 
and being like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm digesting this differently. And then I watched it again after that. And I'm not going to say it's because I was getting woke, maybe a little more socially aware than I was in high school. But it got to a point where I was like cringing every 30 seconds watching an episode of that show. Which that one? I just couldn't. What is- a friend. Oh, friends. Yeah, I was like, I could see why this worked in the 90s and I can see why it doesn't work now. Yeah, is everybody like, it's, has it fall, fallen out of favor? Did it like not age well or something? I don't think it's aged well. No? Like, at all. Well, I think there's <laughs> no. a whole new new generation that's just experiencing it for the first, maybe having that same excitement that we had back in the 90s that are um, that are taking it all in right now. I think it's just. And, oh, and totally. There's still people that love it. Yeah. But it's become I think the it's thing also, where people are like, oh. Yeah, I think it's also just that experience of being able to take in friends on on Netflix, right? Like, we yeah. had to wait for week. Like, now, yeah. this generation now, it's like, oh, we can just watch all three seasons in one night. Like, oh, that's too much. I think also I would probably invest in shows if I had a commute. You know, like if I was on a train, living in a city where you had a train, you know, or I had a bus or something, and you're like, you've got to binge something. And there's a lot of real estate and time and you can check this stuff out. I think we're in a world where it depends on how you watch. Like I'm thinking, okay, how do I get, you know, a a clock, some law and orders to see what it's all about. And every night before we go to bed, we put in like um, some British crime drama. It has to be older, right? So I feel like law and order may fit into that where it's a a British crime drama. I don't know why it has to be that. We do a lot of uh, Father Brown Midsummer uh, Murders, uh, which I started watching because Gwilym Lee was in it. And now I just watch all of the seasons. But we've watched it so many times. It's like, and then uh, do I want to invest in another British crime drama? I'm always looking around for one. I'm like, maybe I'll put in some Law and Order. Maybe that'll be my go to sleepy time show. Dun, dun. Like every morning, <laughs> like, solve some crimes. Walking around like ice You get wake, woken up at like 3 a.m. by the dun, dun. <laughs> What's funny is, Ian is one of those people that, like, I'm going to go to sleep now. He, like, I don't know how he does it. I have horrible insomnia. I have to take a gummy to knock myself out. Basically, I need a trank gun to take me down. And he, like, (laughs) will, like, put on some TV so we can. And I'm, like, (laughs) so I'm abandoned with whatever TV show there is. And then if it goes on too long, he rolls over and he grumps at me, like, half sleepy, like, because the lights and it's keeping him awake. And he's right, because you shouldn't sleep with the TV on. It's really bad for your brain. And I'm bathing him in LEDs. Oof, and he has I apnea. Do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's got the snorkel on. So I'm just like, yeah, but, like, maybe I can, like, put the device by the bed and clock some law and orders. i got to find a solution so I'm not, like, bothering you. I am envious of your sleep habits, though. All right, that's our time. We're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap this up because we could go on forever about what I uh, don't know about TV because that's a lot apparently. And we will see you next week with whatever Sam Esmail is gonna smack us in the face with. Will it be a brand new character and a brand new storyline? And hey, did you know there's a whole other group of people you haven't met? Will we find out who Monster is? The other one? Uh, will we find out where Magda gets hurt? delightful pants because I love her pants and her are in her heels. She's also got wonderful taste apparently. Uh, and all the other burning questions we have about Mr. Robot. So we will see you next week. Catch us on our um, social media. What is it? I've gone completely out the window. With oh, it. it's just Ashland Podcast. Twitter, Instagram, ashlandpodcast.gmail.com uh, We have our hotline number if you want to call us with their thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I learned how to do stories this week. Very proud of myself. 
I noticed. I was like, okay, work. They're kind of sad, but I'm learning. <laughs> Angie's teaching me. I like it. I like She's it. teaching me. I'm training wheels, training wheels. But, you know, it took me about an hour to like, do, I can't, I still can't work Snapchat. So you, I, I was going to say you put a Snapchat story and I was like, what is this? <laughs> of me in the bath? It wasn't me in the bath. Nobody wants to see that. But it was my ducky in the bath. And the same time. Okay. I had no idea what it was. I, it was like looping by <laughs> itself. So I was just like staring at it for five minutes. You didn't hear me talking. You didn't hear I what did. I said. I did, but it wasn't like coming across. I at have all. no idea what I'm doing. And then in the middle of trying to get Snapchat to work, some dude was like, "Hey, send me your picture." And I'm like, "No, I'm not here for that." So, of course, they're using it for sex. I'm like, "Fuck off!" I'm like blocking all these people who are trying to be. I don't. I'm not. I want to know four people on there. I'm still trying to work it. And then I've got. I'm just. I'm like so proud of myself. And then right in the middle of like, I just put up a Snapchat story. That's a, it's. The, hey, baby, what's up? Would you, you show me your tits? I'm like. <laughs> And I just got off of Snapchat immediately. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. You guys take care of yourself. Drink water. Get lots of sleep. Uh, watch your favorite British crime TV show before you go to sleep. And or Law and Order. Uh, and tell me what stuff that you guys like to watch. What are you guys into? What's your favorite binge or Old Faithful? Let us know. Uh, somewhere on our social media or email us. Ashlandpodcast at gmail.com. And just know that uh, we love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.